0: إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهد الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله أرسله الله بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله ولو كره الكافرون ولو كره المشركون ولو كره المنافقون أما بعد فقد قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهَ حَقَّ تُقَاتِهِ وَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ إِلَّا وَأَنْتُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ وَاعْتَصِمُوا بِحَبْلِ اللَّهِ جَمِيعًا وَلَا تَفَرَّقُوا وَاذْكُرُوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ إِذْ كُنتُمْ أَعْدَاءً فَأَلَّفَ بَيْنَ قُلُوبِكُمْ فَأَصْبَحْتُمْ بِنِعْمَتِهِ إِخْوَانًا وَكُنتُمْ عَلَى شَفَا حُفْرَةٍ مِّنَ النَّارِ فَأَنْقَذَكُمْ مِنْهَا كذلك يبين الله لكم آياته لعلكم تهتدون ولتكن منكم أمة يدعون إلى الخير ويامرون بالمعروف وينهون عن المنكر. وأولئك هم المفلحون وقال عز وجل في مقام آخر لقد جاءكم رسول من أنفسكم عزيز عليه ما عمدتم حريص عليكم بالمؤمنين رؤوف رحيم فإن تولوا فقل حسبي الله لا إله إلا هو عليه توكلت وهو رب العرش العظيم وصدق الله العظيم ونروي بإسناد متصل عن سيدنا عبد الله بن عمر رضي الله تعالى عنه وعنهما قال قام رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم في الناس فأثنى على الله بما هو أهله ثم ذكر الدجالة فقال إني لأنظركمه وما من نبي إلا أنظره قومه لقد أنظر نوح قومه ولكني أقول لكم فيه قولاً لم يقوله نبي لقومه تعلمونه تعلمون أنه أعوار وأن الله ليس بأعوار وأن أنس نبي مالك رضي الله عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم كان يدعو أعوذ بك من البخل والكسل وأرض العمر وعذاب القبر وفتنة الدجال وفتنة المحيا والممات وعن أنس بن مالك رضي الله عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال ليس من بلد إلا سيطأه الدجال إلا مكة والمدينة ليس له من نقابها نقب إلا عليهم الملائكة صافين يحرسونها ثم ترجف المدينة بأهلها ثلاث رجفات فيخرج يخرج الله كل كافر ومنافق الْبُخَارِيُّ وَصَدَقَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ All praises to Allah, all praises to Allah, all praises to Allah who guided us to Islam and to Iman and to his Mubarak house on this Mubarak hour of this Mubarak day. And we were not to be guided, was it not that Allah had guided us? O oh Allah, to you is praise as is commensurate with the majesty of your countenance and the greatness of your authority. O oh Allah, we do not limit you with any praise we can come up with ourselves. Rather, we admit that you're the only one who knows the true extent of your praiseworthiness. And may the peace and blessings of Allah Ta'ala be upon his servant and messenger, our master, Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu May the peace and blessings of Allah Ta'ala be upon him, and upon his noble companions, and upon his pure wives, and upon his mubarak and blessed family and progeny, and upon all of those who follow all of their way until the Day of Judgment. Brothers and sisters, continuing in the succession of talks that we have been having in this Mubarak Khutbah of Jumu'ah until now. We left off speaking about the uh, Imam Al-Mahdi, the rightly guided Imam that the Nabi prophesied would come before the end of time. and. With his reign will be ushered a new era of returning to the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, and the ascendancy, at least in some part of the world, the ascendancy of the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and its uh, expression politically and culturally even though in its reality its ascendancy isn't pegged to what happens in this world with human beings or with the creation rather its ascendancy in its truest form is pegged to the supremacy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala his creation and it's not diminished by whether people accept it or not or whether people act upon it or not and so at that time during the leadership of this imam a number of battles victories and conquests are foretold by the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and near the end of that time what will happen is that people who have knowledge of the deen will be aware that this is the time when a great tribulation will come to the ummah And that tribulation is what we want to talk about today, which is the tribulation of Al-Masih Al-Dajjab, the false Messiah. The word Masih is a cognate for the word Messiah in English, and the root letters of this word comes from Masaha, yamsahu, to rub something. One of the explanations for this word is that it was a rite of kingship in Banu Israel that as a mark of acceptance of a person as king when he ascended to the throne, that he would be anointed with oil by the the priests and the elders of Banu Israel. That oil would be placed on the person's head as a mark of assent to their rule. One of the meanings of Masih in, uh, mas in the Arabic language that our uh, uh, lexicographers mention, and from them uh, the Mufassirun mention, is a meaning of beauty. That the Masih is a, 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 a Masih is a word that you, is used, an adjective that's used to describe a beautiful person. And so the actual Masih is who. The one referred to as the Messiah in the Quran is Sayyidina Isa Alayhi salam, And inshallah, he will also have ample mention in this series of talks when we get to that point. But this is Al-Masih ad dajjal This is what, this is the, the cheater Messiah or the false Messiah. The word Christ in English comes from Christos in Greek, which is a literal translation of the word Messiah the one who is anointed, the chosen one. And so our Christian neighbors will use the expression the Antichrist, meaning it's like there's one Christ and there's one that opposes the Christ. And we don't use exactly the same expression. What expression do we use in Arabic? We say al-Masih al-Dajjal, the fake Christ. Dajjal is one of the meanings of the word Dajjal is kalim. It's like a lie, a falsehood. And in particular, the Dajjal, which is Sigatul Mubalagha, it's an emphatic form uh, of the the fa'il, of the active participle of Dajjal. The Dajjal is who? he's the one who uses a little bit of truth and mixes uses a little bit of truth and uses it in order to mix a whole lot of lies together with it which is the sign of an expert liar who's going to go further as a liar the person who yells and screams two plus two equals five people are going to think this person is crazy very few people will believe such a person and those who believe are probably going to be of little consequence the expert liar is the one who is going to weave partial truths together in order to show something that is very truthy, but isn't quite the truth. shadid, with great amounts of remorse and regret and sorrow in our hearts, all of us at some point or another have seen people, whether they be politicians, whether they be family members, whether they be people at work, whether they be uh, uh, neighbors, Unfortunately, also some of them aren't religious leaders as well that are extremely efficient at this, at gathering together disparate points of data and trying to point a picture or paint a picture in order to show people something. But the reality from behind it is actually something else, it's a falsehood. One of the meanings of Dajalah of, of, of in Arabic is what? It's like if someone is selling a camel and the camel has mange on its skin. There's like a skin disease. Obviously a buyer is going to want to buy a healthy animal and it will result in a a decrease in price for that animal at the marketplace. And perhaps many people will not want to purchase it in the first place because it has such a defect. So what people used to do to cheat in the old days is what? They would put tar over the mange and then you would take the fur of, of a camel and kind of plaster it on the tar. So only a person who knows exactly what to look for and exactly where to look for it will know that there's some something wrong with that animal. Why? Because it's fake. It's fake. Another meaning of dajjal is to take a, a brick of lead and to gild it with gold from the outside in order to portray it as if it's gold. But inside what is it? It's lead. The most dense of metals, or at least common metals that people trade in, you know, there's like in the periodic table, there's a whole kind of like side section of hyper radioactive elements that uh, are, are extremely rare, some of which only exist for seconds. But from common metals, the most dense metal is gold. And then after it, the most dense metal is silver. These are both very precious metals. And then after, it, after silver is what? It's lead. And so all three of them are very dense, two of them are of great value, one of them is not. So if a person wants to fake like they're giving someone a a, a gold ingot or block or brick, what would they do? Take a lead, because if you did it from another metal, a person will pick it up and feel immediately that this is not gold because of its lightness. But to take that uh, that lead brick and gild it with gold in order to fool people. And so the Messiah Dajjal is a figure who will come near the end of time and he will be the fake Christ, not the Antichrist. Semantically, it's, a, it's a, a different meaning, although that meaning is not 100% incorrect. But we say that he won't be the Antichrist, we say he'll be the fake Christ. He will come with some of the da'awi and some of the claims of being a Messiah like figure. But in all the most important ways, he's not going to have anything to do with what the uh, actual Masih is going to come with. Rather, it's all going to be a scam. Just like that person who takes that brick of lead and finds out that it's made out of lead and that they've been cheated out of great wealth. Just like that person will take home this camel and realize this camel has a skin disease. It's not good for anything just like that the people who follow this fake Christ, this liar and cheater Christ, they'll realize they followed someone that was not worth uh, following. And so what will happen is, during the leadership of the Imam Mahdi, after a number of victories of the Muslims, Shaitan himself will scream that This uh, Dajjal has appeared amongst you, that this person claiming to be the Messiah, who's obviously not the Messiah, has appeared amongst you. And the Muslims, because of their readiness for battle, they will rush to confront this person, and it will be what? It will be a false alarm, like the boy who cried wolf. There will be a number of people who are unfamiliar with the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ at this point, who once it's revealed to be a false alarm. Even those who are prepared or ready to oppose this person, they'll say, Oh, you know, this has become a joke. Everyone is going to talk about the Dajjal. Who knows if there's even a Dajjal who's coming or not, and this is just a joke. And the Prophet ﷺ says that it's Shaitan who's going to make this happen. Why? In order to get people not to pay attention to it anymore. Even to this day, there are many people who when the topic of the Dajjal is raised, they roll their eyes. They say, Shaykh, we're still in September, Halloween is a month away. You know, give some relevant khutbah instead of this type of hocus-pocus. And the fact of the matter is, is that this is something that the Nabi sallallahu sallam said, not just him. But rather it was from the mandate and from the obligation of every one of the prophets from the time of Sayyidina Adam until our Nabi ﷺ and through him until the end of days. It was from the prophetic mandate to warn every single person about this Masih al-Dajjal. This is why there's an understanding about his coming that the Christians share as well and that the Jews share as well. They may not have all of the same details as us but they share Qurtubi الله تعالى in his tafsir actually refers him to as refers to him as al-masih with a ha with a dot on the on the on the last word orthographically it's the same as masih the rasm is rasm wahid it's just orthographically it's the same However, it, the word is different. It comes from, a, uh, 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 comes from the root of maskh, meaning trans, transformation or deformation. That he is not really masih, he's not actually beautiful. But rather he's what? He's transfigured. There's something deformed about him. And the hadith of Abdullah bin Omar, from Sahih Bukhari, uh, mentions both of these things. That the Messenger of Allah وسلم, once stood Amongst the people And he praised Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, uh, in, in the manner that Allah is worthy Then he mentioned uh, the affair of this uh, false messiah And said indeed Indeed I warn you about him And there is no prophet Except he warned his people And indeed Nuh alayhi salam warned his people So can you imagine that Sayyidina Nuh alayhis salam Of all the issues that he had to deal with in his time of all the problems he had in his time, 950 years of nubuwa. From the Mufassirun they say one of the reasons that it was such a long nubuwa is that Allah Ta'ala charged him to go to every single one of the human civilizations of the earth and warn them. And warn them about shirk and about idolatry, which had become rife in his time. And out of all of that 950 years, just a few people will take the shahada. A few people will make tawbah to Allah Taala and believe with him. Still, still, despite the fact that the Ali, Muhsalam Allah gave them knowledge with regards to what would happen in the future, knowing, knowing that this is at the end of time and say the Nuhain Muhsalam's Nubuwa is still relatively early in the prophetic history of mankind. Ibrahim Alayhi Salam has not come yet. The Banu Israel has not come yet. The Nabi sallallahu has not come yet. Still, the Prophet sallallahu said what? Despite him carrying mankind with him on the ark. He said that Nuh alayhi he also warned his people. But the Prophet sallallahu alaihi said, I will tell you something that the uh, uh, prophets before didn't mention. That you will know that he will have one eye. He will have one eye and Allah doesn't have one eye. Now what a strange thing, what a strange thing to say. What a strange thing to say. Obviously Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we don't believe in uh, an anthropomorphic description of Allah in the first place. All of those verses and ayat of the Qur'an, all of those hadith of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that indicate lexically, or seem to indicate lexically, any sort of resemblance with the creation. They're from the mutashabihat. إِلَّ we say that Allah Ta'ala is munazzah. He is transcendent above any resemblance with the creation. So what is this about having two eyes and having one eye? The Messenger of Allah said that this person who will come and he will be a, a, a religious figure and he will unite the people and he will promise people all sorts of benefit in this world, material all sorts of material benefit in this world this figure is going to make a claim that he is Allah all religions are the same Islam is the same as Christianity, we're all the same Islam is the same as Judaism. We're all the same. Hinduism. We all believe in one God, and I'm your God. And للأسف الشديد. Really too, uh, as a matter of grave uh, remorse and regret. We see Muslims also saying things like this. And the fact of the matter is, if Islam was the same as every other religion, why are you wiping your face on the floor five times a day? And just go to church on Sunday once a week, shave your beard. Take off your hijab and be normal. Enjoy yourself, enjoy your life, if it's all the same. There are very critical differences, the most apparent of which is what, is that without this Islam, a person will not be eligible for salvation on the Day of Judgment. And just because we believe in the salvific exclusivity of our religion, that you have to accept what the Prophet said, without Muhammad Rasulullah Jannah becomes haram for you. It doesn't mean that we're rude to our neighbors, or that we're impolite to people, or that we treat them badly because they differ with us in religion. However, these two things are something that people, they, they, they confuse. That They say, well, if we're nice to people, it must mean that everything they're saying is okay. And that's not, that's not the case. We tolerate, but we don't agree with. We don't agree with. With all politeness and love. Imagine if somebody is about to drive off the edge of a cliff. You tell them, you're driving, you're going to fall off, you're going to die, you're going to destroy your car, who's going to take care of your children? Out of love for that person, you would tell them, wouldn't you? This Dajjal is going to see an era and an age in which people a because of pressure are very very desperate to fit in and so this gives them a way that hey look i don't like eating pork i celebrate eid i don't celebrate christmas but at the same time i want to fit in this will give those people of weak faith a way to do so but it will come at a price what's the price it will cost you your salvation it will cost you your najat on the day of judgment As for the rest of the world, one very interesting thing is that we live in an age where people just don't take deen seriously at all. Whether they be Muslims or whether they be people of other faiths. In some ways, it's a blessing. If you look at the history of Christianity, they had literally sectarian wars. If you think Muslims are bad when they argue about fiqh or about like ancillary points of aqidah, it does become frustrating for all of us, trust me. as Imam of a masjid, I'm like a magnet for these types of things. It becomes very frustrating to be very honest with you. However, we as an Ummah have never been remotely as bad as other people have in the past, particularly in Christianity. If you read the history of Christianity, the most abstruse points of Christology. Literally, nations have gone to earth with one another, pronounced anathema on each other, takfir, pronounced anathema on one one another, and spilled blood and spilled blood of, of innocent people by the thousands. There are forms of Christianity that survive in the Muslim world that have gone extinct in the world of Christianity because of persecution to the point of, of, of death. So people might think, well, if they don't take deen seriously an, a, anymore and they start killing each other about these like little things, this is a good thing. Yes, that part of it, I, I'll admit, is a good thing. What's the bad thing? The bad thing is nobody cares about Allah anymore. It doesn't matter anymore. Nobody wants to have a, a life inside of the heart. Nobody wants to make tawbah for their sins. Nobody wants to purify themselves. And unfortunately, unfortunately, like the Messenger of Allah wasallam said, you will follow the people who came before you, hands breath by hands breath, to the point where if they went into a lizard hole, you'll go into the lizard hole because they went into it. It is Allah Ta'ala who swears the most emphatic of oaths in his book. So many oaths, one after the other, by the, 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 the sun and its rising in the morning, and the moon when it follows it. All of these oaths, and then finally, Allah swears an oath by the nafs, by the nafs that, that everybody has inside of their heart. The only one who is successful is the one who purifies it inside, and the person who uh, uh, who doesn't do so, that person is a, a, a failure. Yet, even in this, even in this ummah, if we Talk to people about those things that come under the heading of tazkiyatun nafs, of purification of the soul. People will scoff at you and say, be real. You're being impractical. Be real. Be real with us. Be serious with us. This is not something that we're interested in. And so this dajjal will come at a time where people don't care about deen anyway. And he will allow them to get deen at a discount. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to say anything. I'll give you dunya on top of dunya as much as you want. All you have to do is, and we'll, there'll be unity, all of our divisions will end. All you have to do is believe that this joker who has one eye, who has one eye, is Allah, wal billah. But unfortunately, we've come to the point where people are ready to accept what sahif type people, completely uh, uh, laughable type people have to say about Islam. Why? Because it's convenient. And one of the reasons that this Ummah has resisted this tendency for so long is why because the messenger of allah sallallahu alayhi wa warned us that this was going to happen and so there, not everybody a group of people from amongst the believers who always kept this knowledge with them this understanding with them so that they could repel this uh, tendency which is a very human tendency from entering into this ummah may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all and uh, I, I just wanted to uh, uh I just uh, wanted to end with a Hadith of the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم. And Imran ibn Hussein رضي الله عنه قال, قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا تزال طائفة من أمتي يقاتلون على الحق ظاهرين علما نوأهم حتى يقاتل آخرهم المسيح الدجال. So Hadith of Abu Dawood that Imran ibn Hussein رضي الله عنه said that there will always be a group of uh, of my Ummah who will fight in the path of truth in the path of the haqq and the truth al-haqq is one of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the path of Allah and they will be given victory over those who oppose him uh, all the way through that era uh, in which some part of my ummah will fight this Masih al dajjal and more uh, about him will uh, be continued next week but never give up hope never give up hope no matter how overwhelming the odds are uh, keep this knowledge with you and let it equip you uh, in order that you can like a uh, sail that is unfurled in the ocean. Once the wind of Allah Ta'ala's help comes, the one whose sail is open, that person will receive the help. And the person who's concerned with some something else and their sail is wrapped up, if the wind comes or doesn't come, that person is lost at sea, they're stranded. Uh, and, and nothing else, no one else is going to help them Allah make us from the former and protect us from being the latter